I'm Tony Craig. I play Dracchio on Do South. I am Catherine Bruyer. Hey, everyone. This is Ramona Milano, otherwise known as Francesca Vecchio. This is Paul Haggis. This is Paul Gross, and you're listening to Do South by Southeast. Thank you kindly. I wish this podcast would carry me away But while talking to Squeak here And Michelle get a word in edgeways Rick over a bottle of rum On a dock of Southampton Bay To South That is what we're talking about To South Saddle up my microphone Get deep in Baker To David, how are you doing today, sir? I am fantastic, my friend. I won't go into all the details after listening to that wonderful um, uh, interview prior, but... uh, I, I do have an in-depth answer one one other time when you can uh, when we have the time to get into it. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, it's so wonderful of you to be on early. I, I always feel a little bit guilty if anyone's waiting for any time, so I hope you're okay there waiting. No, I wanted to tune in to see. Uh, you know, the it's always fun to be backstage or in the green room and see how the other guests are doing and you know the topics of conversation that are going on. And uh, the, I, I feel on a bound still to this day to, to start interviews off like this at the moment. But how are you doing? How is your particular area in the world dealing with these uh, weird and wonderful times? Uh, I'm, I'm traveling. I'm on the road. As you can see, I'm in my car. Uh, I am in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, which is home of the Alabama Crimson Tide, a college football team here in the United States. And I'm going to my first game uh, right after we get done with this podcast. Amazing. Uh, if I might just say, uh, we've got a very tight hour to fit in as many questions to you as we possibly can. We've got some uh, from the users out there who've uh, submitted their questions. Uh, I'd like to start, though. How did you yourself uh, get started as an actor? I went to Northeastern University in Boston to be a biomedical engineer. After my freshman year, I had a 28 out of, out of a possible 48 credits. I was on academic probation and I was on the dean's list. The dean has two lists. Uh, I did not know that. So uh, uh, when I when I took my SATs, my college boards, they gave me something to uh, for career planning. Uh, and it was 100 random questions, no right or wrong answers, just likes and dislikes. Results come out in three professions. Three professions were mathematician, architect, and actor. So I go in to see my guidance counselor, and he says, I understand mathematician. You get all A's in math. I understand architect, because between this third one, which is creative, and a mathematician, you need to understand geometry, but you also have to have a creative vision. What can you tell me about this acting thing? I said, I don't know. He said, uh, I can see by your transcripts you haven't taken any drama classes. I said, I'm an apartment. 
I said, yes, there's this one guy, Tom, and um, to tell you the truth, I took more math-oriented, called my more year and said, I'm done, I'm coming home. She said, no, you're not. I said, well, I don't know what I'm doing here. She said, remember that aptitude test? Why don't you... Okay, uh, you are just breaking up a little bit, David. I don't know if you can still hear me. Oh, no. Can you hear me okay? Okay, uh, very sorry about this, guys. This is the uh, uh, sometimes challenges of live broadcasting. I don't know how much you got of that. Did you get any of that? Re add, uh, bits and pieces, but let's just try and press on. Did you get any of that? Uh, some bits and pieces. I'm just hoping uh, the signal improvers we're going yeah, through. Yeah, I uh, can hear you. Did you get any of what I Okay, I think you're hearing what I've said about a minute ago. Yeah, I hear you just fine. I don't know why if you can't hear me. Uh, it's breaking in now. Let's just um, go through some questions, see how it goes. Hopefully the uh, single and hopefully everyone's picking up more than I am. But um, one thing which I did notice looking back at your uh, certainly your early career, going through the Shield New South Homeland, there were a lot of uh, cop roles which came up. You, is there something which Please you think uh, lends yourself to those kind of roles? No, I don't know. Um, I guess it's just easy. You know, it's easy casting. I wouldn't call it typecasting, but... Um, I guess those roles that I just happened to fit into at the time. Okay. Um, one uh, question we got from John Wright from the Due South events is, uh, is there any particular part of Ray's character or a storyline that you influ influenced that wasn't originally in the script? No, the creator of the show wasn't really open to collaboration. Uh, so it was very challenging for me to, um, to have that character grow. Um, I made a lot of contributions and a lot of suggestions, but um, they didn't seem to fit in the showrunner's uh, vision. So, you know, after the fact, I had a conversation with him about it, and he was like, you know, you really had some really good ideas back then. I'm sorry that I, I wasn't open to hearing them. Oh, that's really interesting to hear. Yeah, Paul, Paul Haggis mentioned when, when we spoke to him about that and about that was one of the reasons which influenced you leaving the show. Uh, I did actually appreciate how, just in small ways through your performances, uh, both you and uh, Paul Gross managed to get small influences. It's almost like, you know, throughout the series, uh, a bit of uh, Benny grew in within Ray and a bit of Ray grew within Benny. Was that something you purposely strove, strove to put in it? No, I think that just organically happens over time. Uh, the writers, you know, whether it's conscious or subconsciously, the dynamic between the actors and the dynamic between the characters uh, tends to morph. And um, the writers either sense it uh, in some way and then it filters into the writing in some way. And because um, it's... You know, if you're open to it, it's, very, it's a very organic process. Um, but, you know, if something works and they like to stick to a formula and they don't like to change things, you know. Um, and the other issue was, you know, not, not the other issue, but another component is that the Mountie's character is, uh, is like a superhero. And superheroes really don't change, you know. Superman is Superman. You know, the Mountie is the Mountie. They're stoic. And so there's very little room for them to grow and change, um, unlike non-superhero type characters. Yeah, I, I thought the, the, the way Ray, he was almost like uh, he was so tempted to go towards uh, like 
doing a slight deal with the devil. And it was always uh, it was always Benton which kind of brought him back from that. I thought that was kind of a nice relationship. Yes. Well, the Mountie was virtuous, you know, honor, integrity, justice. Um, and, you know, Ray was an everyman, right? You know, Ray had foibles. And, um, you know, Ray was a flawed character and the Mountie wasn't. Uh, we've got a uh, question from one of our, uh, our youngest Mounties uh, watching from Micah. We're just going to play in a small video. Hi, my name's Micah and I'm seven. My question is for David Marciano is... What is your favorite quote from Due South? So I don't know if you heard that, but was, what was your what favorite is my quote favorite? from Due South? Oh, my favorite quote. Uh, there's, so, you I'm, know, I'm I'd just have to you, go Micah back. Asked this, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, Micah uh, asked this of Paul Gross, and she's got, thank you kindly, because he decided this was his favorite quote on her wall. So have you got any kind of little raisins which you'd uh, put up there? No, not really. Um, you know, Ray, Ray didn't have any sort of um, motto, right? You know, the Mounties have mottos, you know. Um, you know, the Mountie always gets their man, you know. <laughs> um, that sort of thing. But no, no, Ray didn't really have any anything like that. A favorite quotes, I mean, Paul Haggis wrote some beautiful, beautiful um a dialogue and uh, you know just too many to too many to really pinpoint just one. He's a great, he's a great writer. I mean, I just offer one thing which just just stuck with me, uh, especially rewatching them, was in Victoria's Secret where uh, Ray is just doing everything to be there for uh, Benny, even though Benny's for once letting him down. And uh, there's one scene which he's uh, got which you've got with uh, with Victoria, and she thanks you, and you said it's not. It's not for you I do this for. And it just says a lot, I think, about the character. He is fiercely loyal to his friends, even um, maybe when they're letting him, him down. Yeah, and that's the core of the show. I mean, that, that's the core of the relationship, um, is that, uh, you know, Ray would lay his life down for, the, for, for Benny. Um, that friendship was, it was a reluctant friendship at the beginning, and then, the character grew to love uh, the Mountie over time and respect his virtues and virtuousness. And uh, uh, yeah, it's pure, you know. As difficult as it is, when the, when you know when uh, when the day's over, you know, we take a bullet. As he did in that episode, he took a bullet for Victoria. Yeah. My bullet, as a matter of fact. Uh, he took my bullet for Victoria. I was trying to shoot her from escaping. So I think that was one of the themes of the, of the series, is that, you know, these characters, these, these I guess, altruistic people will, are willing to willing to take a bullet for each other. Love, right? We take a bullet for yeah. love. We love someone so deeply, like a parent's love, right? We, I've traded my life for my children's life. 
Yeah, I think that that was there right from the pilot. You had uh, very early on, you saw a lovely family scene with Ray. So even though uh, he comes on as a Marnie at the beginning and he's like maybe trying to play an angle and stuff, you had to see that he had that uh, massive heart behind it, that massive loyalty to friends and family. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions we've got uh, is from Adam and he's asked, uh, did you enjoy wearing the outfits in the show? So you had those wonderful uh, uh, 90s suits uh, and very loud shirts which you got to wear. Uh, I didn't think they were very detective-like. <laughs> I think it was something that um, we discussed in depth. You know, uh, Haggis, Haggis was hell-bent on it and uh, even though it didn't make any sense that a detective would dress that way. Uh, we went it, you know, the, the logic was that, you know, this was, if you noticed, the show was very colorful. Yeah. In its presentations. So it was almost, it was almost comic book like, you know, and, and that was the, the uniqueness about the show is that, you know, it was a class of uh, elements to it. And one of them was, you know, we wanted it to look a little bit like a book, like because of those elements. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of, uh, we've spoken a bit about the relationship, obviously, between Benny and Ray. Uh, how important was it, like, uh, how perfectly suited you and Paul were to those two parts and the chemistry, which you seem to just effortlessly get straight away? Yeah, chemistry is inexplicable. It's not something that you can, uh, you can really just have you know it's it's there you know laurel and hardy uh you know fred astaire ginger rogers abbott and costello you know when you find a duo or a dynamic that you know because chemistry is this what is what is chemistry chemistry is taking one element and another element and mixing them together and when you mix them together you get something different you get something special right uh and that and that's sort of what what happens with if you have two actors who are, are doing this, right, they're just doing their own thing, there's no chemistry. But if you have one actor who's giving to the other actor and both actors are trying to make the other actor look better, you're going to get this thing called chemistry because the chemistry is mixing, right? It's not just two things going like this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and beautifully done, it has to be said. Uh, Jonathan Wright's also asked about uh, if you've remained on the show, uh, you've already talked about bringing in, wanting to bring in different tones, uh, maybe under uh, Paul Grace, like when he kind of took over stewardship of the the show, there might have been more scope to have uh, developed the character. What would you have liked to have bring, brought in? No, no, there wouldn't have been. Uh, you know, Paul and I had a conversation before the, when they were going to bring the show back for the third series, Paul and I had a conversation and he was very clear that the vision of the show was going to be his, and um, at the time it was uh, Jeff Jeff King, uh, but uh, the studio ended up hiring a couple of other writers, and if you notice, the show had a very nationalistic feel to it, yeah. especially in season three. You know, uh, Paul loves his country very, very much, rightly so. Um, and he wanted to honor that culture. 
And I also love where I was raised in, and born, and I'd like to honor my culture. And so that's why the show had its, I think the show was so interesting, is because I would fight for the American's perspective. And, of course, the uh, every, I was the only American on the show. And the rest of the cast and crew and the writers were all Canadian. <clears throat> And I would, I would, I would constantly um, push back on them, saying, "Yeah, this is great for the Canadian audience, and maybe for England, and maybe for Australia." I said, "You know, and possibly some of Europe, you know, the Germans, and maybe the French." I said, "But the American audience isn't going to understand it, and you really need to have a more of an American presence or perspective or or tone to the episodes." And um, I fought as I fought as hard as I could for that, but um, you know it was a Canadian produced television show, and they're very protective of their culture, and uh, rightly so. Um, you know, rightly so. You should be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Christopher, a friend, has asked, uh, "What would you have done if you didn't do G South? Did were there any offers or shows that you turned down uh, when G South came about?" Uh, no, I had a deal at CBS. I had a deal at CBS, so um, everyone was pushing for me to do South, and there really wasn't anything else uh, uh, that was in, in my immediate sphere. Uh, season three, when you know, for me to come back to season three, there were a lot of different elements of, of the reason why I didn't come back. You know, part of it was creative. Part of it was, you know. My wife and I had just lived two years in Canada, and, and she daughter. They weren't sure they wanted to go for season three, and I didn't want to go without them. And so that played into uh, what I and I, like I said, I lived CBS, so it had to be a CBS show. And as you know, the third season of Deuce South was not on CBS. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a couple of questions which sort of tie in together. So Sarah Kirk has put uh, asked, uh, "Were you aware of how popular the show?" is and was in the UK and uh, linked in with that we've also got Emily has put where in the world yes. is David most recognized in the street we went to England went to England for promotion um, we were the Beatles yeah we, when we went to England for to do some promotion it was nuts I mean we did a signing at the HMV and um, there were people lined up around the block and we had a, I had not were believe me we were nowhere close but it felt like the Beatles for a minute <laughs> What else? And uh, and then what was the second question? Just is there anywhere else in the world where you're particularly recognised? Everywhere I go. <laughs> everywhere you go. Uh, just maybe you could talk a little bit about um, one of the uh, favourites was uh, Leslie Nielsen on G South. What was work like working with that legend? They would put he's got recognised in Alabama today. Uh, Leslie was great. We had many uh, young up-and-coming stars in the show. Ryan Philippe, of course. Jane Krakowski. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, of course, the Hulk. So he goes, this uh, slightly transcribed version uh, will have to be the best we can do for the second. I mean, uh, Paul Haggis had a great eye. Yeah, Paul had a great eye for talent, of course. Uh, Paul Haggis. Um, and for you, were there any episodes for yourself which would particularly stand out uh, for Ray? I just put the jewel. Particular favorite, uh, Juliet's bleeding, of course, a, a fantastic one. Yeah, Juliet is bleeding was with Darian Moss. That was amazing. Darian Moss, um, the duel where me and Frank 
and Frank Zuko went at it. Um, those were some, of course, North. North was a great episode. It was uh, the first of Series 2. That was a fabulous episode for, for both uh, Paul and I. Amazing. Uh, our next question, uh, which I'll put on the screen, so hopefully you can read it as well as hearing me. Uh, would love to know about the location shoots, especially out and about in the snow. They must have been a challenge. Yeah, I didn't care for them. I consider myself a studio actor. I like to. I, I don't like the elements. They nicknamed me Miami Dave. <laughs> now, um, when I've asked this question, mileage has greatly varied amongst the actors. How did you find uh, working around uh, uh, the wolf in South Diefenbaker or the Diefenbakers? Yeah, working with working with um, animals is very challenging. You know, they don't they don't listen as well as human beings, and they really don't make adjustments as easily. And um, I'm allergic. I've been allergic to animal dander my whole life. So um, I love animals. Uh, I believe animals have are sentient beings and have souls, just like you and I and everyone else. But because of how it makes me feel, I'm not able to get have a close relationship, which is kind of yeah, of course. Uh, now, uh, one which I did want to ask about was uh, obviously you don't get to hear it when you're filming the episode, but the music of Due South became almost a character in itself uh, by the wonderful Jay Semko, who we're talking to later on in the night. Uh, how did you find the music? Is it something you kind of listened back to on the episodes? Yeah, very much so. Uh, I'm not coming through again. Oh, there I am. Very much so. I mean, the music is like, it's, 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 you know, that opening theme is as, as soon as you hear it, you know where we are, you know what it is, you know what's going on, you know, it's it's like, it's up there with the cheers, um, or uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, which was a really, a really old show. Um, Johnson did the opening song for that, Welcome your dreams where you take it back, you know. So I think the Due South uh, opening theme song is uh, it's got to be up there and definitely the top 10 of all time. Uh, one episode which we're actually uh, it, on our podcast, we do talk through the different episodes and we've got a key one just coming up. And we're going to be talking about it tomorrow on this event. Uh, do you remember a lot about shooting all the Queen's horses? Another one which uh, involved at least partly uh, you being out in the snow. Uh, you know, at point... Uh, I point enough is pretty uh I was burnt out and um I was getting pretty uh scared of fighting for the American perspective and this was a you know, Canadian endeavor and out of it but you know, I, I like you know, I couldn't really get um I had a hard time getting behind a lot of the heavily Canadian based uh episodes. Um but I had a job to do, you know, a job. But um, you know, I was invited to sing the choir, and just I just was so tired. We were working so many hours. You know, we were working anyway, just seventy-five hours a week, and you know, you had to go into the studio and record that. You know, here, you know, on your free time, and I really got. And like I said, it was getting really challenging for us in Canada at that time. But I think and it's an amazing. I was did an amazing you... job. He's a super talent you know paul gross is a super talent and um i was very honored to be to to work alongside of him you know like i say lay like I, I had my shortcomings you know they were they were very challenging to overcome 
Um, but that's life, you know. And uh, you know, I could I could sit here and be dishonest with you and tell you, you know, no. you know, give you a PR answer like when people say, "How you doing?" Fine, you know. But um, the truth is, it was a struggle. It was a struggle for me. Um, like I, I was the fish out of water, right? So so Benny's character, I Benny is a fish out of water. You know, he's a mountain in Chicago. Chicago, and I was the fish out of water. I was the American. So uh, it was amazing. You know, I, I got no regrets. It was amazing. I, you know, I wish my attitude was a little better about the, uh, you know, both parties were. Canadians were very territorial of, of the culture and, and the show they wanted to make. And I was. Uh, For you, uh, how do you work? Like, so obviously you were, you were facing these struggles and you did deliver some wonderful performances throughout, by the way. So thank you very much for doing that, even though you had those feelings at the time. Uh, how do you keep working through something, even for the time you were before you kind of ended up leaving the show, when you are struggling with something like that? The show was billed to me as a buddy cop show. I got into uh, uh, episode three, I believe that's the one with Leslie Nielsen, something what's it called. Um, I realized that we weren't making a buddy cop show, that we were making a Mountie show. And, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to remember a team who was the other guy uh, sorry i'm, I'm rich show. and that's what also no, what I, I, struggled I, with. I didn't want to be known as my ego uh bosom buddy bosom buddies ah yeah yeah you're right i can't can't tell you yeah bosom buddies yeah yeah couldn't tell you who it was right and that's what i to have right and that and i fought for that not to me i would not it was, you know, this was a big, big, I, I wanted to, I, I fought for this to be a buddy show. I fought for it every day. Okay, David just cut out again. We did get quite a bit of an answer there. Um, Jonas, uh, just being smart ass, has put Pete's glory, probably was. Uh, knowing Jonas, he's probably absolutely right. And we've got David back now, I think. Yeah, I'm back now. I don't, I don't know if you can hear me, but I can, I can see you. Yeah, you're coming through very clearly. We can't see you, but that's absolutely fine. Um, the One of the other questions we got was, uh, Ian Rushworth has asked, uh, how did you think about the interactions with Ray and his father, and would you like to have seen that featured more? I, I love that convention. I love that both our fathers came back as ghosts. Uh, again, you know, Haggis, Haggis would not take any input on... Um, where I felt that relationship should go and how that relationship could grow. And, you know, a lot of resolving a lot of childhood issues that happened between a father and a son. Um, so, yeah, I would, I, I would have liked to have been a little different. Um, you know, it was what it was. Because uh, I found it really interesting, the fact that actually David uh, was... Uh, oh, sorry, your your father was such an interesting character. It was almost like the, um, the uh, sorry, I'm losing names now. Uh, Paul's dad's character was who, who he became because of him. It's like Ray became him in spite of his dad. Uh, David does send his apologies on. I've just suggested maybe we could pick this up another day, maybe do a, a full interview where everyone can hear each other. It's going to be a lot more flowing. Um, if that's the case, we will, will reschedule. We will make sure that we bring you this interview.
And if so, maybe you guys want to just stick around and we can talk some Due South if we can't get David back. And David says there is a reboot in the work. Everyone asked about the reboot. Uh, we're very excited to hear about that. Thank you. Uh, okay, uh, what we're going to do, guys, is um, thank you very much to David Marciano. I am going to let him go now. As I say, uh, just so to make sure um, you get a proper interview. Um, I've just wished uh, David a lovely weekend from everyone. Uh, Everyone sends love. Guys, look, uh, yeah, we are going to just uh, end this interview now. Thank you and goodbye to David. Hopefully coming to a uh, restream service or RV streaming service by 2022-2023. That is our exciting news about uh, the reboot. So thank you very much, David. I'm now going to just let you go, David. Have a good evening. Okay, David's gone. Guys, look, uh, as I say, I would rather uh, call this a little bit early and make sure we do a proper interview for you later. We are going to do this. We are going to have that interview with Dave Marciano. Look, guys, even if you heard half of that, which is about what I heard, what a great guy. What wonderful answers. I'm really glad he felt um, felt free to be honest about what's happening and about the fact that sometimes he struggled in the show because that does happen. Um, and even though we had a wonderful time watching the show, it's kind of good to hear the real story. Uh, I would like to just sort of like, personally, I do feel a bit bad because I know some people donated, especially for the Due South content at this event. Again, we will bring you that interview with David very soon. We will publicize it everywhere. No one's gonna miss out, but it's just being rescheduled for now. Does anyone have any comments or questions or anything about Due South? Does anyone wanna, um, yeah, yeah, send me anything. And we'll just chat for a little while. We've got about 10 minutes left in the slot. I will do five minutes and then I'll pop off to a pre-recorded video so I can have a little bit of a break before the end of the street. Terrible, only heard maybe 16th of the content. I'm very sorry, Victoria, uh, genuinely, no one wanted it to go this way. Everyone wanted to really be able to, to hear David. But again, we. David's very kindly agreed to reschedule the interview. It's still going to happen, just not tonight on Squeefest, unfortunately. So um, I thought what he did have to say was really interesting. Emily, has, but tell us about the reboot. Well, we got to hear a little bit about it at least. Uh, at least we know it's happening, uh, you know, according to David, it, it's in the works. 22, 23. So uh, it's really exciting. I love the fact that also, yeah, he did. He mentioned the reboot. He said that it's happening. 20. 22, 23, either next year or the year after uh, they're looking at that, coming to some service. And it sounds like really with David's passion, it's going to be a bit more of an interesting even mix and maybe like a bit more Ray we're going to see in there, which would be really nice. Uh, what other comments we got here? You brought us such great uh, G-South content. Thank you. Mika and I loved it so far and are pulling an all-nighter to enjoy the event. Thank you very much, Hannah. Thank you very much, Mika. What a lovely question. How cool was that? Thanks for persisting. That's life. And we got to hear from him again. Uh, he is really insightful and open. Yes, he is. Again, like the openness was amazing. Uh, David was great despite the technical difficulties. Couldn't agree more. What a lovely guy. Like many other guests would have bailed by then. I hope people do realize that as frustrated as they might feel. I'm glad he was honest and uh, great hearing his perspective. Also, reboot. That was, uh, that's such incredible news. Of course it is. Mountie Michelle, who's going to be joining us tomorrow for uh, talking about all the Queen's horses. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Like, uh, hope you're do doing well tonight, working very hard on the front lines of the NHS, as uh, Michelle does. 
she actually works in endoscopy, so sort of the rear end, if you like. Uh, what else we got here? I respect how candidy was uh, Carrie Ann Sturt. I'm losing the will to speak. Um, he was, and that he has no regrets about it, even if it was difficult for him. Also, how he viewed the importance of the character and how it came across on the screen are different for, for us. It was a buddy cop show and Ray was vital to it. Yeah, I think it sounds like from what he was saying, he was actually vital to uh, Ray being so front and center as he was. Maybe that would have been lost a bit with another actor. So that's really exciting. Okay. When yeah said a reboot, what actually did he mention? Okay, I'm, I literally read out his comments, but I'll do it again and let them know there's a reboot in the works. And when I suggested doing a redo on this, he said, okay, of course. So that's happening. And David's put, hopefully coming to a RV streaming service by 2022-23. Oh, sorry, TV streaming service, he's clarified in a, an additional comment. So it's hopefully coming to TV 22-23 or some streaming service. How amazing is that? Look, uh, it's been teased a bit by uh, Paul uh, Gross, who was a bit more kind of... Uh, well, at the time, this was about a year ago, and he was a bit more cagey about the facts because they might not have had them then. David's saying it's happening, and he's put it on all the social media. It says about this uh, this going ahead. Christopher Friend, would a Due South reboot be much grittier like the Fresh Prince reboot? I think it would. I think you'd still get that comedy of the earlier series, but without the kind of like uh, slightly larger comedy which happened in the later series. Uh, not that I didn't like the later series, I just felt it got a bit more tongue-in-cheek. I think you go back that way. Facebook user, I'm sorry we don't have your name, but it's like, reboot! Mike says, thank you for all your time show, uh, showing us. Uh, thank you, Micah. Uh, we can't wait to uh, play your other question for Jay Semko. Hopefully we'll get a bit of a better connection. That's the lap of the gods, though. Regina Karim, uh, great news. It certainly is. Reboot is a common. Wonder if there will be two rays. <laughs> It'll be interesting. It'll be lovely to see uh, Stanley Kowalski at least featuring it somehow. And uh, maybe even in like uh, um, some storytelling device hearing what happened when they went on their great adventure at the end of Call of the Wild. That'd be great to see, wouldn't it? Emily, uh, can't wait to find out who's coming back for the reboot. I mean, yeah, it'd be really interesting. I mean, maybe, maybe by this stage, you've got uh, Elaine, who was now a uh, an officer herself. Maybe she's worked up to, uh, to some sort of lieutenant. Maybe she's running the branch. I don't know. What happened to Tony Craig's character? Uh, Deef, oh yeah. Deef better be in it. Um, now we all know Deef is immortal, but maybe you'll be an ancestor of Deef and Baker, who knows? Emily, you're getting greedy now. You want three rays? Three rays, two not enough for you? <laughs> yeah, Christmas, but three rays? Yeah, why not throw in another ray? It could be Ray Jr., one of them. Benton's going to be so confused with another ray. Yeah, applying to Christopher Friend, why not? Okay, uh, they're going into their own little conversation. By the way, uh, look, guys, I'm sorry to, to bring this up again, but well, actually I'm not. Uh, this event is, of course, run for um, Phoenix Dogs Rehoming. Thank you very kindly to all the users who've donated. I was thanking everyone individually as we went, um, but obviously where I'm live, I can't do that right now. I will be doing that in the morning, going through, or well, maybe after a little sleep, going through and thanking everyone who's donated. Let's uh, bring up the current total. I'm just going to quickly check that while we're speaking. Oh my God, guys. Okay. I'm so glad I get to share this first with my Jew South uh, friends. So Jews, 
I begin now. We've done it. We've reached our target. Our target for the entire event, the entire uh, 24 hours was going to be 500 pounds. We're at it now. And that is thanks in a very large part to the Jew South community. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching. Thank you uh, for bearing with us through uh, those problems with uh, the wonderful Deef. A wonderful Deef? I've read Deef and Baker. With the wonderful David Marciano. Uh, it's amazing. Um, let's just go through some of your comments. Benton's going to be so confused another rate. We've had that one. Uh, Deef did have puppies in season one. That's where we go, I think. Uh, we And we need some uh, Deef juniors. And by the way, yeah, donation spell. Five hundred pounds. That's waking me up anyway. Uh, three or four wolf now. Morning baddies. Promptly written off the show. Any talk of Blu-ray release of Due South uh, of seasons of Due South DVD is poor quality. None at the moment, as far as we know, and uh, no one's talked about it right now. It'd be lovely if it happens. More excited about the reboot and, uh, than I am about the new Bond movie. That's lovely. Yeah, I can understand that. And they need to be there, absolutely. And Emily's put, hooray. Thank you very much. Uh, it's for the, for the little deeps out there. Um, oh my God, that's amazing. Well done. Thank you very much, Hannah. Adam's put his support as well. Amazing, Ian. Uh, you're doing such a fantastic job. Thank you, Carrie Ann. Congratulations. Thank you, Regina. Oh, yes, Steve had puppies. Didn't Network DVD say they used the best copy they had available to make DVD releases? Blu-rays wouldn't be much better if they couldn't get a better source material. Well, Christopher, the one thing they can do is they can actually sharpen things up for Blu-ray releases. So things like, even though you might not have, everyone loved the special editions of Star Wars, they did actually do a lot of work of cleaning them up before they were released. So there is actually things they can do to make uh, the picture look sharper than it ever was. So there is possibilities out there. But yeah, at the moment, um, that's, that's the best we've got. Michelle, uh, yes, doing a great job. Keep it up. Not long now. Yeah, just the odd, um, well, two streams left. Actually, we have reached our streaming limit. We're about to switch to the second stream of Squeefest in just a couple of minutes. Uh, is Ray likely to be playing any music in on his interview? Um, we're going to see. That's up to, to Jay and up to, um, yeah, uh, we'll see. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm going to talk to him at the time. Or by screen, uh, Christopher. No, this is just the end of this first stream. So, due to Facebook streaming limits, you can only stream for eight hours at a time. We've reached that eight hour limits in just two minutes. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to end the stream in just a second. We're going to start up stream two. So, all you've got to do is go to wherever you're watching this. There will be a second stream, and you can watch on. And you can watch us all through the 24 hours as much as you're awake for, or as much as friendly for your time zone. If you miss anything, you can still watch. Um, watch it back in the mornings. The videos of this will be all up, uh, even whatever we managed to get with Dave Marciano. Again, we're thankful to Dave, but we're thankful to you for watching. Thank you very much. I'm going to leave the stream now, and uh, just in just a minute, we're going to start stream two of Squeefest. Thank you kindly, guys. Take care.